For more than 25 years, Atlanta has tuned into my straightforward financial advice. I'm Dr. Gene Hensler, and this is Money Talks, Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. My staff and I will give you fact-based, no-nonsense answers to your financial questions. To have your questions answered on the air, send them to me, Dr. Gene at Hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. This broadcast of Money Talks originally aired Saturday, June 15th, 2019. The only thing we have to fear... The economic health of this nation has been... ...for essential economic freedoms. The excessive decline... Greed. ...in the dollar... ...it's a late rally on Wall Street... ...too big to fail... ...growing the economy... ...growing the economy... It's amazing what's been going on with the economy. Welcome. Welcome. This is Money Talk. Good morning. What up, fam? You're listening to Money Talks, uh, Atlanta's longest-running, most-respected money show on the radio. I'm Troy Harmon, your host today, and I'm here with Jarrett McKenzie and none other than Logan Daniel. Logan's been on a couple of times. He's still kind of a newcomer to the show. He is uh, still green. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Jarrett's grandpa millennial. Logan is like right in the middle of the millennials, and and I'm trying to be a millennial. I mean, I got two turns on my pants, but I still have black Mm -hmm. socks and sandals on. There you go. So, uh, you know, I I work hard at it. I don't have enough hair to have a man bun, but I really want one bad. Well, I might give it a try. I mean, Jared, even with your bald head, you could probably use the old clip on. You'd have to use some hot glue or something. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. there's plenty of around my house. Oh, there is. That'd be a my good girls one, love that. Yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Just like, just, you know, right there on the top of my head, like they do yeah. in the, uh, the Orient. Oh, you're talking about a top. Yeah, just like a, yeah. You, you just could, all the way down the back and just a braid. Yeah. You know, I'd no, probably scare I mean, off some clients. Uh, you're there. a beautiful man <laughs> now. I couldn't imagine just how much better it could get. Anyway, well, that's mighty nice of you. Yeah, well, don't take it, uh, don't take it the wrong way. I'm not <laughs> hitting take on just you. a little bit of sarcasm in your voice, there, Troy. <laughs> oh no, I'm not sarcastic whatsoever. <laughs> uh, let's talk a little bit about some financial uh, markets, which is what we come here every week to do. Uh, year to date, S and P 500 is up 16.19 percent. Who would have thunk? I mean, we had a huge rally last year, and then uh, September 20th, market kind of topped out and fell hard, almost 20%. I mean, I'm splitting hairs here. We were, what, 19.98% down, yeah. not 20. Mm-hmm. This is you not, just missed it. That's right. This is not a bull market. I mean, a bear market. This was just a correction. And an unjustified one at that. I mean, I think while it's great to see what's happened year to date, I can't believe it's not all that much of a surprise given how unjustifiable it was. I think for things to have come down as significantly as they did in the fourth quarter, it was, uh, you know, quite quite uh, validated. I would say that the Fed was maybe moving too too quickly, and, and in spite of some other things when they shouldn't have, and yeah. uh, the stability now and, and sort of retraction. Uh, has been doing very well for the market. Yeah, so what they're focused on is inflation. We did get some news out of uh, out of the financial, well, out of economic sources uh, over the past week about inflation. We had uh, both producer price index and CPI, the consumer price index, report. Uh, so uh, CPI, consumer price index, inflation up 1.8% year over year. 
PPI, this is producer price index, it's kind of a precursor of things to come with the consumer. When you start seeing producers raise prices, it, it works into the final price uh, that consumers pay, but it doesn't, you know, sometimes it's quicker than others. 1.9% uh, inflation in that per, uh, producer price index. The Fed's still looking at a 2% rate. Um, and believe it or not, I mean, we were at 2.1 just a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Now we're down at 1.8, and they're talking as, you know, they're going to be as accommodative as needed to, to uh, con continue to ensure economic growth, one of the uh, byproducts or factors uh, that we would generally see as an indication of uh, economic growth is inflation. Mm -hmm. So when we've got, uh, when we've got a situation like we have right now, it feels like the Fed's pumping as hard as they can go, and they're still not hitting the mark on that economic growth. So a um, little bit scary. I mean, we yeah. talk about, uh, I've talked about this quite a bit in the uh, last few weeks, last few months, even um, the shape of the yield curve, uh, treasury yield curve I'm talking about, one, three, uh, one two, three, and six-month uh, treasury bills have a higher yield than the 10-year today. Crazy. Make much sense, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we've got uh, the 10-year down to 2.11%. It's been as high as 24 in the last few weeks. Um, so uh, here we sit, uh, the Fed doing all it can do, talking a whole lot uh, to the point where we're now seeing uh, options implied probability of a rate cut in September at 94%, which would drive uh, interest rates down to two and a quarter to two and a half. Uh, no, that's where we are now, two to two and a quarter. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> so, you know, we've got a, a situation that it feels like the Fed's actions in December of 2018 kind of set the playbook yeah. for what we're about to face. Well, they started, they started to create quite the dilemma for themselves, I think. I mean, what happens if, because of the tariffs and other things that are happening, we do start to actually see some inflation, and now you've made an indication to the market that you want to reduce rates and pull them back, and, you know, in order to spur economic growth, which direction are you going to go? You know, yeah. it's going to be quite a decision to be made, I think, when, when and if that time comes. Yeah, as much as they want to argue that uh, their actions are data-dependent, Mm -hmm. I didn't really see much data that supported their decision in December of last year. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, the thing that was even more ridiculous to me, and you know, I, I'm not. This is not a comment on uh, anyone's political leanings, uh, e even our president. But he did come out and say the Fed shouldn't cut interest rates. Now, I mean, in in retrospect, maybe he feels like he was justified in that. I wish he would just not say a word. It's ridiculous <laughs> it when you've got a be. president. Exactly. Yeah. Why do you want to meddle in something that shouldn't be meddled with? Mm -hmm. uh, so I feel almost like, you know, Jay Powell and his, his uh, guys in the Fed uh, FOMC committee decided, you know what? Don't care what the president says. We're going to raise interest rates because we think it should be done. Yeah. Yeah. And And here we sit. You know, six months later, thinking, "Wow, that uh, that kind of hurt." Mm -hmm. um, well, like I was saying earlier, it's got to be a little bit of spite, at least, just so you can prove you're not being affected by yeah. the, the White House, the administration, and all that. Uh, so, I can I can see to some degree why they would do that, but at the end of the day, I agree with you. I think it should just be kept separate as it was meant to be. And but these days, there's not a lot of rhetoric that doesn't affect 
markets pretty significantly yeah. if if no more than just giving a, a journalist a headline and letting them you know put up some scare tactics on some of these sites but uh i think things are in, in pretty good order it feels like right now at least that's what a lot of the economic data is showing us right yeah Still. no doubt um if you if you look basically what we have uh when it comes to employment situation we got what 3.6 is that the the unemployment rate Pretty close to that. It's been three seven for a long time. You know, I think it did tick down a little bit, a little bit in our last uh, reading. Uh, we had an unemployment number that came out uh, last week that wasn't real uh, pretty. Seventy five thousand jobs added um, when it was expected to have yep. significantly more than that, like one hundred eighty thousand, I think. Um, and and the thing is. Uh, it's been said for a long time, about 127,000 jobs need to be added every month in order for us to keep up with population growth. Um, you know, just kind of the, the standard holding steady is about 127,000 jobs. So uh, when you have 75, it's not a good sign. Uh, the one thing that we've been looking for, which we think will be the harbinger of uh, potentially bad things to come, is when you start seeing that employment situation crumble a little bit. But, man, it has been for years, uh, you know, for the last five or six years, the absolute one best uh, indicator of, of uh, economic conditions. Uh, right now we also have um, uh, consumer sentiment that's, that's relatively high. If you look deep into the numbers, you get uh, the notion that uh, the current situation consumers enjoy, they like it, they think it's good but they expect it to deteriorate going forward. Uh, maybe that's part of what they've, they've been told by the news media and, and especially when it comes to, uh, to uh, the trade situation, the trade tariffs that we're having going back and forth. We did have a, a short little spat with Mexico in the last couple of weeks. Obviously, um, we, we turned around that one pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, a lot of folks focus on China and to be honest with you, we are not China's biggest uh, importer of goods. We, we're not their, their biggest buyer. Um, China has a whole lot more to lose than we do in, the, the, in a tariff war, in a tra- tariff war between war. us yeah. and them. Um, so, you know, the, in, in that regard, I don't think it's near as important for us to focus on that as it is for us to focus on relationships with Canada, where we get most of our energy mm-hmm. imports. Or Mexico, where we get a whole lot of imports, including a lot of automobiles. Right. Um, so, you know, if you look at all that information, it's, uh, uh, you know, basically what it seems like is right now everything's good, but everybody expects it to fall apart. Now, I've, I've uh, talked a little about this before, too, um, in as much as it feels like kind of we're paying, playing king of the hill and right now we're on top. <laughs> well, where do you go from being king of the hill? Yeah, only one direction you can, right? That's right. And uh, it, it just feels like, you know, if anything happens that starts uh, starts causing companies to lay off employees and, and you start seeing a, a significant change in that employment situation, I think that's really where it's going to start. Uh, a few months ago, we had uh, uh, wage growth that was exceeding inflation. So we had, uh, you know, uh, like a 3.1% wage growth relative to a 1.8 or a 2.1% uh, inflation at the time uh workers were feeling wealthier than uh you know than than they had been in a while so it's not surprising to me that uh consumer sentiment still still tends to be 
pretty strong, but, uh, you know, anything can change. And uh, the one constant we have in life is change. Right? <laughs> That's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. Well, let's take a real quick break. When we come back, I'm going to share with you a dog of the week. Can't wait. Brace yourself. <laughs> You're listening to Money Talks. We'll be right back. This week, Jared, are you ready for this? It's not a real dog. I wait all week for this. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's not like a hound dog that lays under your porch. This okay. is a this is a different kind of dog. So I'm not sure what you're waiting on, but well, I mean, the, the anticipation's killing me here. All right, well, yeah. so uh, this is what happens when you don't have a good financial plan and you get desperate. I mean, desperate people do desperate things, right? Very true. So uh, this story is out of Fox News. Um, seems like. A, uh, a gentleman in uh, the town, the the um, what is the name of this town? Boy, this is, this is dom- going down. Domestic fast. town, or are we talking international? It, this is international. It's out of Israel. Wow. Okay. Uh, town of Beersheba. A man, 47 year old, walks into a bank carrying what he claims to be a grenade. He's going to blow the place up if he doesn't get some money. Turns out, go well. it's an avocado. <laughs> Worked so well the first time, he got like 4700 bucks. Wow. But within the next week, he decided he'd use it again. He got 3300 the next time. But, of course, I'm telling you the story because the man's been caught. Imagine that. But all this with an avocado, he's, uh, he's making great claims. I hope it doesn't give anybody good ideas because it's not a good idea. Think, yeah. think about what happened ultimately. Yeah. Yeah, this is in the Wild West. Robin Banks typically doesn't go over yeah. <laughs> too well these days, but I've got to give it to him. That's it's creative. Lo- it looks like a grenade. I mean, for yeah. I mean, hey, far off maybe. I mean, yeah. Think about it. I mean, isn't that one of the big things that's uh, been at the center of our... Our uh, trade debate with Mexico and how, you know, if we... If avocados? We were, yeah, if yeah. we were to raise tariffs, <laughs> within two weeks we're going to be out of avocados. Have you not heard the news talk about... Oh, they don't it's give big you news out thing, there in Baltimore. No, no, no. Yeah, exactly. Local news only. Yeah. Uh, does does uh, the Pony Express still run out there? Oh, of course. Okay. Are you kidding I, me? I mean, I was... A serious question? Well, it was initially, <laughs> but I mean, I, I should realize who I'm talking to. Look, I could I could probably go without some guacamole. You know, I mean, it would, it would, you don't like the table side guacamole. It's, it's good, but no yeah, avocado not a, toast. Not a necessity. That's that's actually a pretty good yeah. breakfast there. But, yeah, well, you know, just uh, be careful in what direction you're pointing that avocado. <laughs> it might go off. You don't want to hurt anybody. Yeah, that's that, pretty so. funny. Anyway, so uh, like I say, desperate people do desperate things, and we've got a guy now. Robin Banks with a dang avocado. Unbelievable. I'm surprised he thought it would actually work. Something out well, of a movie. Or like that I it said, did. It did work. Yeah. It just, uh, you know, the ultimate outcome was not a good one. Uh, not for him and not for anybody else involved. But uh, they got him off the street. And hey, guess what? This guy had a record. 
<laughs> a bank robber? Really? He he had uh, previously served three years for robbery. But I never guessed. Yeah, how about that? You got a you got a guy doing evil who'd done it before. <laughs> got shocking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they let him go anyway. I guess. Uh, all right. So enough of that goofiness. Let's talk about something serious um, and a, a situation, especially in our industry, the financial services industry, uh, that is that is real serious business today. And you know, any time you deal with uh, with security and, and ways to be secure, it's always inconvenient. But the one thing that we'd like to impress is it's. While we spend a whole lot of time with this, right. there's a lot of folks out there that don't realize that number one ground zero when it comes to identity theft, the individual needs to pay close attention to what they're doing. So in the circumstances we wanted to talk about today, uh, there are a couple of individuals, Amy and Andrew, and of course the names have uh, always been change to uh, protect the guilty or innocent or whomever it is we're trying to protect their, their privacy anyways you know uh, right yes uh <laughs> so their email was compromised and the fraudster sent an email asking to set up a link between their account uh to an outside checking account their their um, investment account and an outside checking account forms came back signed initialed and uh, had avoided check for an account in the client's name uh, their advisor then called the, to uh, confirm uh, the requested money transfer and discuss the implications, and the client had no knowledge of the request. Amazing. Blown away. It was a bit so, of a surprise, if I, I will say myself. Now, we've seen these things, and in the early days, you'd get uh, an email with horrible misspellings. Even the client's name might be wrong. But right. we're starting to see that these folks, the fraudsters, have gotten a whole lot better about the ways that they do this. Now think about this. They had gotten the forms. Mm-hmm. They had stolen some kind of a document that had the client's signature on it. They cut and paste the signature, put it on the forms, yep. so it now passes muster with anybody, including the custodian, who is usually spot on. I mean, these guys are really, I mean, if if you think anybody they have systems. in the industry. They run these, these forms through there, and it right. checks it. You know. No doubt. And and then they went so far as to get avoided check with the correct account number. Correct, meaning the fraudster's account number. And, the, and client, the client's name on the check. Yeah, right. of this fraudulent account. And they sent all that, including the forms, the signed forms. So So everything that they needed to do, they've crossed every T and dotted every I. And the only thing that stopped it was a phone call. Yep. Thank goodness. And and here's the thing. These things, they seem to happen more and more every mm-hmm. day. Uh, it's gotten to the point where most of the custodians that we deal with, uh, the first thing they do is pick up the phone. In this case, the, the attempt was so good, mm-hmm. and no money was being sent out of the country. It was all oh, in yeah. the United Seemed States. Up and up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a lot of contact now is only email. So mm-hmm. if you think it's legitimate from your client, I mean, well, to that, think twice about it. Exactly, and that, I've I've found at least in this situation that's what that's why probably they were the it was most likely why they were successful because 
when we're seeing them respond in those ways, it's clear they've been monitoring their email. You know, these hackers, no longer are they hacking the email and then trying to immediately, uh, you know, pull off some kind of fraud. It's let me see who this person's talking to, how they're talking to them, you know, how are they addressing them, Mm -hmm. which in this situation, this person didn't go by their first name like most people do. And so when the name was used that uh, they typically go by, that was, you know, that was smart because looking back on it, it was like, wow, okay, somebody has clearly monitored this for a while and and learned how to uh, kind of interact with whomever the, the person, uh, the, the email account owner uh, is communicating with these other people. So, uh, and, and that makes it all the more elaborate. You know, it's like we were talking about at the break, the, the sophistication that is coming about with these is so much more advanced than what it used to be. Uh, it was it was very easily caught, uh, but now with them becoming more elaborate and more sophisticated, I think our IT director says it best. He he likes to say, we've got to be right every single time to protect ourselves and our clients. The fraudsters only got to be right once, you know. So it is to a get some money out of yeah. yeah. It is just an extremely, extremely vigilant process that we're just constantly. I think it's one of our biggest expenses that, you know, doing what we do, uh, we we have to be as vigilant as we can in this regard. And clearly, the the fraudsters are able to now start getting some things past us. So as a result of all this, you know, our security measures have been ramped up, as have custodians. And I would imagine that will continue because uh, it's certain that, they'll continue to become more and more elaborate and sophisticated over time. So it's very important that, you know, you talk with your advisor, make sure that those measures are being taken uh, so that you can protect the security of your account because it can slip away very quickly. Yeah, if somebody ever gets control of your email account, they have got a wealth of knowledge. If they can get in and see the things that you send back and forth to to individuals uh, and and exactly like you said, they can see the way that other people uh, identify you when they're when you're uh, having a friendly conversation via email or any of those things. Well, like you I, said earlier, awaiting a, a document to come through that has a signature so that they can now cut and paste and sure. use that. They don't even have to sign. Yeah, you yeah, know, sure. this just so some of the things that you need to do if you're out there. Uh, that, some of the bad things that we see from uh, a lot of websites out there, uh, even those from banks, they require. Uh, your email address quite often as your your uh, login ID, and then you put a password with it. Uh, and and they also allow you to reset your password without any sort of authentication. So if you've got once a fraudster gets in touch uh, or, or gets control of your email account, they can change the password to, to all your stuff. I mean, to everything. Multiple passwords. We get. Preach that all the time. I mean, right. don't use the same password across all your accounts. Right, and and make it as complicated as possible. There's mm-hmm. there are tools out there, yeah, password uh, managers, right, yeah. that that allow you to not only create but also to access without even having to memorize. All you got to memorize at that point is the uh, the password and access to one website. It would be your password manager, and and then you can uh, actually access all of your personal information via that that uh, one app and uh, you know we pump it all the time you can make such an elaborate password and uh, it, it would be nearly impossible for somebody to steal it yeah so mm-hmm. simplistic might be easy for you to memorize but it is very dangerous and and uh, using the same 
password ID is is uh, likewise uh, very dangerous and uh, and shouldn't be done. Well, guys, let's take a real quick break, and uh, when we come back, we'll finish up this conversation and answer some financial questions. Stick around. You're listening to Money Talks. They paid paradise and put up a fucking line. With a pink hotel of boots, you're going to swing in hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got. This is Money Talks. We're back. You're listening to Money Talks. I'm Troy Harmon. Here today with Jared McKenzie and none other than Logan Daniel. That's right. And uh, both of these guys are certified financial planners. Uh, Jared, I was going to say South Georgians. I would have been that too. Just as proud. South Logan, where are you from? Americas. 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 Not America. I thought that was the name of a beer. America. <laughs> yeah, you you got to drop the last couple of letters. Was that, was that they sell a lot of America year? down there. I mean, I know Budweiser, right? Of Change your name to America for just a short period of time. Was that this summer or last summer? I mean, I don't drink beer, so I wouldn't know. But. Uh, I'm not sure. I do remember that happening. I can't remember right. when it was exactly, but that was a pretty clever marketing move, yeah. I will yeah. say. Yeah. Logan comes from Budweiser territory. Is that what we're going to say? <laughs> no. I guess it's technically was it Miller. Yeah, there's a lot of Miller a lot Coors. of Miller breweries yeah. down that way. So, yeah. and Jared, you're from Albany, Albany, Georgia. I always hear it. Albany. Yeah, Albany. I know. I don't know many people down there that say it that way, but yeah. well, they don't know like, what they're talking about. Uh, yeah, exactly. You gotta Clear. say it fast. <laughs> Albany. <laughs> That's right. <clears throat> All right. Exactly. So uh, two South Georgians, one of them is a transplant to Paulding County. We talk about. Jarrett and his uh, God's country all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I've, I've actually frequented Paulding County yeah. myself. It's beautiful. Past. Beautiful. And now I just complain about them running through Cobb County with no tax. <laughs> uh, we're going to put up tolls so that we can pay for uh, all the good stuff in Cobb County now. We'll work our way get around to get it. To work. Yeah, probably will. <laughs> all right. If uh, you have financial questions you would like for us to answer, we would love to hear from you. Our question hotline is one eight five five four two nine nine one six six. The way it works, you call in, you get a recorded message from our side. Uh, you leave your own recording, including uh, the question that you have for us. Um, we play that question back over the air and answer right behind it on our next show. Uh, if you prefer to talk to a human being, you can call us at 770-429-9166. You ask for our radio show producer, and you get Kelly Lynn, and Kelly Lynn will answer your question and uh, jot that down and make sure that we get it and uh, and get it on the air. Uh, if you don't want to make a phone call at all, you can use your uh, your phone device. You could email us. How about that? Yeah. Email us at drgene at hensler.com. That's D-R-G-E-N-E at H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com. Uh, that same Hensler.com is the uh, address to our website. We have lots of information. If you have a, a broad question that's uh, not real specific, then you can probably answer uh, your own question just by reading some of the articles that we have on our website. Now, I bring all that up. We uh, just finished with a conversation uh, concerning cybersecurity. It's one of the things that I, I say that um, you know we focus on all the time. 
Um, one of our uh, IT people is uh, all about talking about security. He focuses on it all the time, and uh, once in a while he'll give a... Uh, we have presentations uh, that, uh, that we invite some of our clients to. If you're interested in those, you could use any of the ways that I have just told you uh, either Dr. Gene at Hensler.com or call us at 770-429-9166 uh, to be included, invited to our cybersecurity meetings. Um, we also have on our website a couple of really good articles about ways that you can protect yourself uh, from thieves and fraudsters uh, that are, are constantly lurking on the Internet or, you know, looking to steal your email uh, information. So uh, again, go to Hensler.com, H-E-N-S-S-L-E-R.com uh, to find those articles or give us a call 770-429-9166 and be included on the list uh, to be invited to one of our cybersecurity discussions in the future. Um, so guys, uh, we got questions like we always have. Oh yeah. Uh one of which is uh Mark from Sandy Springs this week he says uh, I have a question about Roth traditional IRA for my 3-year career I've been putting my money in a Roth IRA because I expect that when I take it out my tax burden will be higher than it is now. A very popular financial planning guru advises not to do the Roth because he doesn't believe Congress will make good on their promise. Are there any thoughts on this? Now, the promise is well, uh, what a Roth does. It allows you to save money for retirement. You pay tax on it, and then you save after you've paid the tax, and it grows forever. Yeah, tax-free potentially. Yeah, tax no tax. And you, really, and you don't have to take it out unless you need there's to. Yeah, no so there's no use. required minimum distribution like there is in a traditional. That That is in contrast to... Uh, you know, the traditional IRA, you put your money in before it's taxed, so you get to save more. Your take-home pay doesn't fall by as much as you save. Um, it's a real attractive and popular way, the most popular way, I would think, uh, to save money for retirement. And then when you retire, if you hit the age of uh, 70 and a half, the government comes along and says you must take out a certain portion of your money. It's all calculated with a with a uh, a table you know pointy head uh, <laughs> mathematicians figure all this stuff out and and uh, you're forced to take your money after the age of 70 and a half um, and when you take your money out of this account um, it is taxed at your current Ordinary rate income. of yep. income mm -hmm. so uh, you know the the tax rate is generally higher you would assume and, uh, you know, in the question, we get uh, get the notion that there is a differential, and really it's the tax that determines whether or not it's best to save in a Roth or best to save in a traditional. But a lot of folks, and Jared, you talk about this all the time. In fact, sure. it's a, a, a concept that you turned me on to. We talk about diversification in, in uh, financial accounts, meaning that you want to hold uh, various asset classes that are not correlated one-to-one -one so that when one is up, the other might be down, or when one is down really is what you're trying to do. is right. offset it with something that's up or not down as much. So, mm -hmm. um, you know, you get a better average return on your investment. But mm -hmm. uh, there are also strategies that would say that you should, and this is where, Jarrett, you come <laughs> in, uh, that you should also 
think about diversifying among the different vehicles within which you save. So yeah. have some money in a traditional IRA, have some money in a in a uh, Roth IRA or 401k in either case, mm-hmm. uh, and then some money that's taxable. Right. So. Yeah, you want to have flexibility, you want to have option in retirement, and while, you know, there will be a most optimal way to do that, the only the only time you'll know it is in hindsight, you know, because right. the game really is, am I better off paying the tax now so that I don't have to pay it in retirement? Right. In other words, am I in a lower tax rate now than I, I expect to be in retirement? Or would, am I better off deferring the tax until retirement and going ahead and doing it now? And that's, you cannot project that far out into the future, e- even if you could that's assuming you know what the tax rates will be. And as often as they've changed in history, I don't know right. that you really want to do that. But as far as the Roth goes, I think it's, it's the same thing. You you can only plan for what you know. And we, we don't speculate with investments, so we're not going to speculate with investment accounts and what may or may not happen in the long run because doing so, you really are just making a guess. You know, I right. mean, you, you plan for what you know. You, you try to do the best you can and then keep your fingers crossed. But not, I mean, placing a bet ultimately on something that might happen in the future, which is to me a long shot as far as this is concerned, because I think there'd be a lot of other changes before this happened. You think we'd uh, all grab a pitchfork and a torch and head out to the street? <laughs> there there yeah, would be they, some. They do away with it. Yeah, exactly. There'd be some kind of revolution, at least to some yeah. extent, I think. Cause so, well, let's let's go down that rabbit hole for a minute, though. Uh, you know, Mark has laid it out well. He's he's obviously into a three-year career, so it's a young guy. Mm-hmm. You would expect that his tax rate is probably about as low as it's going to get in his working lifetime. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's assuming that it's going to be lower now than it would be in the future. So we think the, the thought behind his process is, is solid. Mm-hmm. But what if the government does away with this? Isn't this tantamount to making a debate as to, well, what if the government raises tax rates? Yeah. What if they lower tax rates so that it's cheaper for him in the future? I mean, we have seen, um, I guess, thoughts floated, uh, ideas floated from certain uh, political individuals where, you know, they might talk about, so we're going to start taxing Roth. The money's already been taxed and it Mm -hmm. was put away. It was to encourage more uh, investment for retirement by the individual so that the government doesn't have to take care of us all. Right. in a socialistic way into the future, right? Yep. So, you know, you do away with that incentive. If you if you started taxing the Roth, you have totally done away with Who's going to open a Roth account at that point? It no, wouldn't be as well beneficial. Have a, a brokerage account. Yeah, yeah exactly. no incentive to. Right. So, you know, just as you said, Logan, uh, a brokerage, you're putting money in after tax. Mm-hmm. It grows. The, the growth is then taxed. Uh, at long-term capital gains rates, usually if you've got a holding for greater than 12 months, and that's going to be a lot lower rate than your ordinary income. Right. So, so. there are benefits to that taxable side, but it would be no different than a Roth. So, mm-hmm. uh, and and what does the government win by doing this? I mean, let's we we don't have to answer that right now. When we come back, let's pursue yeah. that just a little bit. Yeah. All right. So. Uh, Stick around. We're going to take a real quick break, and when we come back, we'll talk some more about whether or not the government's going to do away with your Roth IRA. <laughs> what fun.
Welcome to Atlanta's longest-running and most respected money show on radio. This is Money Talks. We're back. I'm Troy Harmon here with Jarrett McKenzie and Logan Daniel. And uh, when we last spoke, we were talking a little bit about uh, uh, whether or not the government might take away the option to save money in a Roth account, which is a, a it's not tax deferred. It's non-taxable after uh, after you put your money in there. Uh, what is tax deferred is the traditional IRA where you don't pay tax on the money before you put it into your account, but then you're taxed at uh, at your regular income rate, your income tax rate, when you take the money out. Now, uh, Logan, you brought up a real good point as we were talking through this, um, and that is what happens to government uh, income rolls if you decide that you're not going to do it. Now, I had already mentioned that uh, uh, the reason that the government uh, created a Roth account was to, to create a way that would entice individuals to save more money so that the government doesn't have to take care of us mm-hmm. in our old age after retirement. And and get more tax money now, you know, to his point. Yeah, if you're going to pay after-tax dollars into that account, they get it now. Yeah, right. If you do away with a Roth account, I mean, people will start saving more to IRAs pre-tax, so the government's going to take a hit on the amount of income they get initially. Yeah, right. at least for a good while. Yeah, so I mean, we've seen Roth accounts become a lot more popular over the the most you know the more more recent years, uh, and and a lot of it probably does have to do with the fact that we've all come to the realization that it is a good idea to save in diverse ways, um, but uh, it's still probably not the most popular way that folks are saving. I've even seen 401k. Uh, providers, you know, employers who are who are uh, you know still don't have a Roth IRA mm-hmm. option, but you see more and more of them trying to get it included as they understand you just need the, balance. the potential mm-hmm. benefit. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, as far as this whole Roth question goes, I, I think that if if anything were to ever come to a head there, and, and Logan and I were talking about this yesterday, it is probably most likely that they would. They would put a cutoff date, and whatever your, the, the value of your Roth account is on that date, that would become your new basis. So effectively, if it was going to be after-tax money like a brokerage is that is now going to be taxed on the gains in your account, they've got, they can't go back. I mean, you're talking decades now that Roths have been around, and, and there's no way in the world anybody is going to let that happen, at least not without a, a heck of a fight. So I think that if there is any uh, realistic measure to this, it would be probably something to that effect where whatever that date is, that becomes your basis. So any gains from then on, you might owe tax, but you'd have a lot of money saved that you don't owe tax on. You wouldn't have to pull it out with RMDs and you know things like that. But otherwise, it just seems like a very, very long shot to me when the full retirement age for Social Security has not even been increased. You know, they've not extended the, the age in which required minimum distributions or uh, any of that has is going to take effect. So th- there's a lot of other things that could be done prior to the government doing that, which, like you said earlier, Logan, there's not a whole lot of incentive for them to do because it really is really going to kind of hurt them initially. Yeah. Instead of the long run. Exactly. Well, and it also yeah. takes away that, that incentive for others to save mm-hmm. in a different way. So, you know, it's kind of a twofold hit. Uh, wherein they take on more responsibility for the social situation of yep. uh, of their citizenry at the same time, uh, reducing the, the current income, at least, 
uh, from people that do save to their retirement. So sure. we, we think it's a long shot. It's unlikely. When, when governments start these things, they know that if they ever try to stop the situation, uh, they're going to have some significant blowback. And, hey, what's a politician's number one job? <laughs> to be reelected. Yeah. How many of them you think are going to be reelected? I don't think that's going to do much for your campaign. Yeah. No. Yeah, what yeah. you'd have to do is somebody that's going to float an idea like this is going to be from an area where there are very limited savings, so it would probably be you know some of the more blighted districts around the around the u s that you would see an idea like this come from it's yeah. uh you know our our local area would very unlikely be the uh, generator of a of a grand idea like let's do away <laughs> with the roth IRA. <laughs> all right uh we got another question from Kyle from Marietta. He says, "I want to get your outlook on Kimed Corp year to date it's up sixteen percent. I'm pleased with the growth." Uh, but a little disappointed with the dividend. Now, if you just look at this stock as a dividend play, it only yields about 0.4%. And uh, the coverage on it is uh, 15 times. Coverage uh, means that the earnings that they generate are sufficient to cover all their debts and everything else. And at the end of the game, you know, they can cover this dividend 15 times. Very safe dividend, obviously. Uh, if I get coverage more than one on those uh, stocks that I buy specifically for the dividend, um, you know, I would expect that that's... Uh, feel pretty that, good about yeah, stability. It, it's a safe dividend. Now, sure. the thing that I will say, you look at the payout ratio, meaning the percentage of earnings that are paid out as a dividend, it's only 6.8%, 6 well, a little more than 6.5% thereabouts. Um so the company's not paying out very much. When you see these big dividend-paying stocks that people buy as kind of a bond proxy or a way to get uh, current income, uh, they're usually, on average, 70% or higher, some as much as 90 95%. If you run a REIT, a real estate investment trust, it's actually the law. You must pay out 90% of earnings. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, if you're looking for dividend play, that's probably a better way to go. Uh, just a little bit in the way of talking about ChemEd, it uh, trades on the New York Stock Exchange under the ticker CHE. Uh, Long-term growth, the the uh, stock is expected to grow by 8.8% going forward, which is about half of what it's seen over the last five years, 17.5% uh, basically uh, in earnings growth over the last five years. Uh, uh, pretty good. Now, Jared, ask me what this company does. What, what do they do? What does this company do, Troy? All right. I'm glad you asked. Dying to know. <laughs> I'm glad you asked, Jared. Uh, <laughs> they they have uh, hospice care, and they also own Roto-Rooter. 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 Interesting combination. I, I mean, honestly, could you have anything more? I mean, this would be like Dairy Queen <laughs> owning a plumbing company, right? It's just the most screwed yeah. up combination. They, they missed the synergy piece whenever they, they yeah. made that purchase. I mean, you'll you'll see industrial companies that'll that'll have three or four different. They they build out a conglomerate, right? Mm -hmm. But quite often they're related. Unless you're flushing Meemaw down the toilet and you have a plug-up, this is not the best pairing of companies, in yeah. my my opinion. Uh, if they're earning a profit, which I assume they, they are yeah, they're a nice a one. Company. You know? uh, let's, let's talk about they, that. They ROE, 36.8%. Diverse... Return wow. on assets, 21.9%. Very profitable company. Uh, very attractive in a lot of ways. If you look at their uh, if you look at their price to sales, it's the the only one and only way that they look actually expensive. Uh, you know, honestly, 
Kyle, if this is one you still own, I would encourage you continue to own it. Um, you know, I've talked a lot in the last few weeks about the disconnect between price to earnings uh, versus uh, price to sales and price to EBITDA, uh, just due to the fact that these companies are buying back so much uh, in shares. Doesn't seem like Kim Ed's gotten caught up in that, but man, the numbers that I'm seeing on this growth. Uh, are, are attractive. You look at the peg ratio, which I usually like to be down around one. It's 282. If anything, this company looks a little expensive, but hopefully you didn't buy this for a dividend play. Well, with the beta being what it is, which is a, a 0.86, you know, it's significantly, well, maybe not significantly, but it's quite quite a bit below the one, which the S&P 500 would generally carry. And it's earning about, at least year to date, 16%. That's roughly what we've seen. Yeah, so yeah. If, you can, if you can get the market return with less risk, hey. And hey, guess what? There's one other thing that I always like to cover because my outlook on economic conditions going forward is not the most bright at the moment. But think about it. Hospice care and Roto-Rooter, are either of these going to be hit very hard in a recession? They're in high demand. If your toilet <laughs> plugs up, you're going to call the Roto-Rooter. Mm-hmm. And if somebody needs hospice care, guess what? they got no say in that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, either way, I'm saying this is probably a good company to own right now. Um, you know, don't don't sweat so much the dividend. It's, uh, it's what we're going to do. Well, guys... This is going to be it for our radio show. Uh, we appreciate all the folks listening. What do you think the market's going to do this week, Jared? Oh, it's got to go up from here, man. Logan, tell me. Going up. All right. I'm a broken record. I always say the market's going up. Thanks for listening to Money Talks. We'll catch you next week. All material presented is compiled from sources believed to be reliable and current, but accuracy cannot be guaranteed. The contents are intended for general information purposes only. Information provided should not be the sole basis in making any decisions and is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified professional, such as a tax consultant, insurance advisor, or attorney. Although this material is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information with respect to the subject matter, it may not apply in all situations. This is not to be construed as an offer to buy or sell any financial instruments. It is not our intention to state, indicate, or imply in any manner that current or past results are indicative of future profitability or expectations. Portfolio holdings discussed are subject to change. There is no guarantee that in the future these securities will be held in Hensler accounts. As with all investments, there are associated inherent risks. Please obtain and review all financial material carefully before investing. Hensler is not licensed to offer or sell insurance products. This overview is not to be construed as an offer to purchase any insurance products.